0: Have you seen people that have two, three jobs? They don't usually make it. They don't become successful because they are working so hard. You work 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Then you have another job from maybe 7 p.m. to midnight. And then you pick up Uber and DoorDash and grub. Hmm. What time do you have to think? If you cannot think, it's very difficult to become successful.
1: This episode you're about to listen to. Is literally the exact reason why I started a podcast to have deep, meaningful conversation with brilliant people, people with a lot of insight that you would not even hear because they're not popular like the Gary Vee and the Grand Cardone of the world. But these are little gems like that you get from your local realtor, your local barber, like you don't even know that these people carry so much knowledge with them. So this my conversation is with bio Adibawale. He's the author of Lessons from My Dad, Six Principles for Building a Successful Life. If if you can't even, if, if you don't have enough time, you can just jump to like minute 30 and then come back to the beginning and listen to it. But I really, really urge you to stay to the end and listen to the podcast in its entirety. So Enjoy. What was the earliest moment that shaped you to where you are right now?
0: So at a very young age, I was very interested in learning how my father talked to people. So he had a small business and of course it became a big business. Uh, He was selling generators in Ibadan, Nigeria. But I was watching how he treated people, how he lived with integrity and how uh, he was able to service his customers and grow his business so i was very young then but i was opportune to be in the midst while i go to school i'll come back from school i'll sit down and watch what he does and things like that so i'll say that was one of my very very first introduction into entrepreneurship that you don't have to like work for somebody else uh at every point in my life i've always had one business or the other
1: right after college or you said you're a young age you're watching your dad was this right after that that yeah. you started doing business
0: yeah so my dad died when i was in high school and when i was in college i mean my first degree when i was in college so right around that time that he died i had to step into his business with my sister and then i tried to pivot and and i went into oil and gas so right so, so that right was your after, first business Yes, that was was my first first
1: taste of
0: entrepreneurship. Yes, was to sell generators.
1: So how did it feel like, yeah, you had this major incident in your life and now you're thrust into a big, because you said it was a big business and you're thrust into a biggest without prior knowledge and everything. How did you, can we, can we slow down and talk about that moment?
0: For sure. So his death was very traumatic, but at that time I wasn't thinking about that. But before he died, he had always insisted that you come to the shop with me. Come to come and see what we do. And I tell people that want to go, get started in businesses, you have to have somebody you shadow. You have to have somebody that is like a mentor to you. So he will say, "Come." Even when I don't, I didn't want to come. It will force me to come to come and see. So I had kind of been introduced into the business in terms of this is how we buy the goods. This is how we price the goods. This is how we make profit. When you when we make profit, this is what we do even while I was in uh, late high school and early college. So when he died, it wasn't so uh, difficult to step in simply because I had been shadowing him. So that shadowing of a mentor for me was was like a soft landing for me. You know what I mean? In terms of I don't have to start from the scratch.
1: scratch. Mm-hmm. I have
0: somebody that I look up to that has been showing me the way. So that was my very... Uh, early start, which I always encourage people to to always like seek mentors because if somebody has done what you're trying to do, that means number one is possible right it's possible, and number two you don't have to fail to become successful
1: so what was the next series of steps that happened after taking over your dad's company
0: right, so after taking over and then my older brother came uh, from Europe then then it kind of became the head of the business, so i didn't have to do that so I kind of pivot I had a mentor. Every stage of my life, I will, I've always had mentors. So I had a mentor who was in oil and gas. He had a gas station in Nigeria. So I would always spend time with him because I was interested in oil and gas. I was like, how do you buy uh, these tankers? How do you buy the fuel from NNPC? How do you sell? So I spent time watching what he did. So after that, I peered and we rented a gas station, Right. And I was in charge of managing that gas station to make sure it's fun. So he
1: employed you just because you're always watching him, pretty much.
0: No, actually, he didn't employ me because we had uh, money coming in from the other business of generator. So we just kind of branch off and use money to rent or lease. We call it lease in Nigeria to lease a gas station. But I was learning because I had learned from that mentor of how it works, and I had the mentor to always consult. It wasn't too difficult for me. So I was just learning on the go. I was learning on the go. So mentorship is key. Mentorship is key. Find somebody you can shadow that person so that even when you have questions or when you are going through tough times or challenges, that mentor has already been through it and they can easily guide you. So that was how I I pivoted into oil and gas
1: oil and gas so this was still under your dad's business because you said oh it, it just was on you be going on your own now yes
0: yes so it was under uh dad's business but since that is no more so it's almost like our business as the children now but then after i had gotten the experience i wanted to do my own thing so i registered my own company dreamline energy international something like that that was back in i think 2012 I registered my own company but then before the company could take off for us to start doing my own oil and gas business the opportunity to come to the us arrived but before that i tell you something in nigeria too there was an opportunity that came i was wearing uh so i always like to dress nice right So i was wearing this polo this uh, uh ralph Lauren polo and somebody saw it on me and they were curious they were like this looks good. This was my very first attempt at my own business. My very first attempt. So they saw it and they said, man, this looks really nice on you. Ah, uh, where did you get this from? I would love to buy it. And I bought it from some guy in Lagos, right? Who came from maybe Turkey or China or something like that. And I bought it for, I think, 2,500 Naira, right? But this guy saw it. So I asked him, I said, if you see it, how much will you buy it from? He said, Or maybe about 7,000. I can pay seven to 8,000. Whoa. (laughs) I said, if I take this off, will you buy it for seven? He said, yeah, I'll pay you right now. I said, I I have three. So I left the one I was wearing. I took the remaining two. I sold it to him for $7,000. Dude, you got a business in your hands. So I went back and I bought for like 30,000. I bought like 20 pieces. I came home. He told he told his friends blah blah blah. They all bought it from me. I was like, "Welcome to business." You know what I mean? So I just started buying stuff. And- so are you
1: saying that you were in your dad's business, a big company, and and you did the you pivoted into the oil and gas, but yet you didn't taste the business? I don't know if it's the business blood or, until you had that first sale with yet, that guy.
0: It was very important that I branch out on my own you know hmm. you can't learn when people are holding your hands right so i've always wanted to do my own thing so even when we were doing the generator business when we were leasing the gas station and doing oil and gas i wanted to do something that it, it's got my name on it because i'm a big uh, proponent and a big believer that you whatever has your name on it no one can fire you from it right so and i and i always believe that you don't have to have a job you you can you can create your job you can create your own life like I see a lot of people like they have dreams and goals and vision but they're scared but that's the only way you can find freedom if it's yours if it's yours, that's the only way to find freedom so I've always wanted so when I had the opportunity for that business for clothes and shoes because the business transcended from clothes now the guy was giving me shoes wow. now he was giving me female clothes now he started giving me different things he even gave me a credit line
1: sales must be really going well
0: Sales were booming sales were what booming. were you
1: doing to advertise
0: i wasn't it was one of my friends who he wasn't he was in college right but he was behind me in college i had graduated he was still in college so I had a car. I just gave him the clothes. So he go to all these universities in Ibadan, Leeds City University, University of Ibadan, all these Boeing University, Babcock, and all these things. He started selling to them.
1: How did you know to do that? Yeah,
0: because I had already learned that you can buy something for two, five and sell it for seven thousand. That's profit right there. Yeah. I just told him on everything you sell, I'm going to give you a portion of the profit. Yeah. I know, but
1: how did you learn how did you know i know it sounds like it's like common sense to you a lot of things are common sense you need to understand that it's not common sense right. a lot of things that comes easy to you it's because the kind of person you are It might sound easy to you so sometimes you need to take a step back and realize that okay maybe this is not real like you just you just casually said that oh i gave this guy to drive to bowen to go drive to lead city and go sell this thing not a lot of people will just think of saying you know what let's expand to all these places why do you think you you had that thought and if you if you know why where did you where did you get that from
0: uh one of the number one rules of business is that there is a need in the market there is a need Mm -hmm. like if you see something like if you need something you go you search for it you buy it right so immediately the guy told me that he could buy it for seven thousand naira and his friend also bought it i figured out like if he buys and he buys, some other people need it. True. So I started thinking, how can we find the people that need it? You know that each time you spend with people that do businesses, they will drop something. So you might have a conversation with somebody that does a business. You might think you are not benefiting any from the conversation, but something is depositing on the inside of you.
1: And you don't even know.
0: And you don't even know. it. So because I had spent time with entrepreneurs like my dad, like that my mentor in oil and gas, I would sit there and just watch them. Because I didn't know what I was going to do with my life. I didn't really know exactly what I was going to do. You know? Because my first degree wasn't the best first degree. I could have been in economics. But I left there and got a first degree in sociology because math was... I didn't like math. Wow. I had to study math. Yeah, I had to study math and engineering when I got to the U.S. But... I wish I had done that economics back then, but I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to be stressed. So you wish you had done economics
1: back in Nigeria, but yeah. then you came to the United States and still wish you had done economics?
0: No, actually, when I came into the United States, I had to learn math. And I was and I became very, very good at math because math wasn't difficult once you understand the concept. But back then, because they make math so tough in Nigeria they will thank you and do all this so i didn't like it you know what i mean so what i was saying is that as soon as i realized that there was a need right i figured out i almost like i had a full-time job working how can i leverage so i kind of call my friend and say hey dude this is an opportunity this is an opportunity you need to talk to these people and see if they want to buy and he came back and sold one or two pieces i'm like this is business and an- another thing I wanted to say for people like listening who are just getting started right now, they don't know what to do or how to do it. Do something. Try something. Like, don't be afraid to fail. Don't be afraid. Like, don't be afraid and don't try. Like, you can get so afraid that you become paralyzed by the thought of analysis paralysis. Like, you analyze it so much in your brain. Oh, I want to do this business, hairdressing salon, oh, makeup artist. I also want to sell clothes on Shopify. I also want to do e-commerce. Then all these things become blurry in your brain. Then you become paralyzed because you are over-analyzing what to do. I tell people, if you see anything in the world, there's somebody that's ready to buy, Right? what if you fail and you try and you don't succeed that's okay you learn from the experience so because I already have this mindset that you know what if these clothes doesn't sell that's fine at least I can wear some of them and you know we'll just find a way around it so I wasn't so you were
1: you were okay to fail you were not even scared at that time
0: no I wasn't I wasn't because if oh. this guy could buy it and this other guy could buy it and this other guy will buy definitely there are many more other guys that will buy it so that was my mindset
1: Wow, so you had market analysis, you went, to, like, you did a lot, of, I mean, asking the guy to go ask people, that's like you're doing, like, surveying the market, wow. you, you knew, like, you had a backup plan, you had, like, you, you had a, a legit framework of business knowledge already at that young age mm-hmm. without even realizing it. Yeah. Without, even, I'm pretty sure in the moment you didn't even know it was it was special. You just thought it was it was not a big deal, you know. It was like second nature to you, but you didn't even realize how. Because I feel like those principles you had then, when you were selling the shirt, I am. I want to say that. I mean, what do you think? Didn't you think it followed you through to where you are right now?
0: Oh, for sure, it did. It did because I learned a very valuable lesson because I lost money in that business, right? Because my friend, and that's why. When it comes to partnership, you really have to be careful when you trust people. So the guy that I trusted with the clothes and stuff was my very good friend. He started embezzling the money for the business. Wow. So he would go out there, sell clothes to people, get the money, and then he would come back home and tell me they bought on credit. So we will write it down that they bought on credit without knowing that he had already collected money. So after like a couple of months, I started asking, why is this guy not paying? I know this guy. He has money. So why is he not paying for the clothes and shoes that he bought? Oh, don't worry about it. I'll take care of it. He's going through a tough time. After a couple of times, I just started calling these people myself. Because I knew them. The people that I knew. I was like, hey, you were holding it. He said, no, I paid three months ago. I paid two months ago. I was like, so that's how the business crumbled.
1: So the business crumbled because of? Choosing the wrong partner, not because the business itself and the product itself like was because bad. It was because
0: in somebody else.
1: In somebody else. Wow, because that's they, a big lesson.
0: Money and business. Trust me, don't trust people. Like people, <laughs> no, no, no. People change when money is involved. You can just go. You can just
1: go on with your life. I, I, I think you can just go on with your life without trusting anyone. You can do it all.
0: The money. So, the final.
1: So how are you going to do it? How, how would you advise someone that is starting out that knows for a fact that I can't do it all. I need a partnership. But you're saying that we can't trust anybody in money aspect. What, what would be an alternative for someone like me? That so my started?
0: advice is this. You can trust people with the sales. You can trust people with the marketing, branding, social media, uh, networking, building relationships, customer service. That's awesome. Trust people with it so you don't do it all. But when it comes to where the money goes, Hmm. you have to be in charge of that.
1: Absolutely. There's
0: no other There's no other. Until your business grows to a point where, like in America, for example, people can go to jail for embezzling money because it's tied to their social security and stuff. There's investment. In Nigeria, you can't take people to jail and stuff like that. Everybody in the world is going to beg for them. You know what I mean? Uh,
1: I, th- I think that's changing now, right? Maybe back then, Maybe. no, it's not.
0: Back then, I'm just a very calm, chilling guy. I don't even have the energy.
1: Energy, yes, to yes.
0: Go to jail or to court, or I don't have that. What
1: time. What would your dad have done in that in that situation?
0: Uh, probably got him arrested, but because you know the Nigerian culture is like people will beg for you and start prostrating and stuff. So I took that mindset to the US as well that. Before I can trust people with money, it's going to take a long time because people, when when, when money is, in, before money gets involved, people are calm and relaxed and chilling. But once money is involved, people find it difficult to maintain their integrity. A lot of people do. Wow. So you got to be careful.
1: So you want to say that maybe the money didn't change them, but more of like, they were already like that, but the Why money revealed them. Bad?
0: It revealed the wow. character in them.
1: Wow. One is not
0: good or evil; it's the person that's handling it.
1: So you had your first business back home in Nigeria. It failed due to like trusting the wrong person, and you got your you got your lessons from them. And then you did you do another business in Nigeria, or you moved to America right after?
0: Yeah, it was the oil and gas business, the company that I registered. So before we started, my own thing was I was going to either lease or build a gas station and just get started in oil and gas but when the opportunity to move to the u.s arrived i just kind of felt like you know what it's time in life i always have two or three options i don't i don't put all my eggs in one basket i never do okay that's good i need to learn
1: from you i'm terrible at that
0: (laughs) i never do so my mindset was if the u.s thing doesn't work i'm going to focus on oil and gas i'm going to my wealth in oil and gas. But if the US thing works, since it's still a very good thing, I'm going to leave this oil and gas. So I had so if the US didn't work, I would have done well in oil and gas in Nigeria. I just started a company, I already learned, I got a mentor, I got everything. So I always tell people, like people have 9 to 5 jobs, right? Don't depend on it. What if you get fired tomorrow for example, right? And then you start crying. I've never cried if I leave a job. And this is not to brag. This is just a protective mechanism for me in terms of this job is working now. They're paying you and stuff like that. But I have an alternative just in case things don't doesn't work well or things go south. You have something to fall back on.
1: Let's go on the events that happened when you moved to the United States. Um, what, what did you do? What was your state of mind?
0: Got it. So, so uh, when I got to the U.S., one thing I quickly realized that people are very hard working. But one, another thing that I realized was that hard workers don't make money.
1: <laughs> Expand on that, please.
0: <laughs> so, uh it was raining like a couple of days ago, right? And we were driving around town. I think it still rained today, and I saw construction workers working. I don't know how much they make an hour. Maybe twenty, twenty-five, ten, thirty dollars. I'm not sure how much they make an hour, and they they will work in on those construction sites. The next eight to ten hours, whether rain, whether sun, whatever. So those are hard workers, and I saw their supervisors in these brand new uh, Toyota Tundra and Chevrolet Silverado, sitting in the car. They, the supervisors, the project managers. Those project managers and supervisors probably make two to three times what the workers were were, were making. So the people that built all these rises and mansions, those are hard workers. But the people that made the money were the CEOs were the, who, who were sitting in the offices, making five to 10 times what those hard workers are making. So I quickly realized that in America, you can, working hard is a prerequisite to become successful and wealthy. But are something, there is something greater than working hard, which is working smart. Working smart and seeking wisdom will elevate you where hard work can never take you. Because you can be hard working like a a construction worker or people that have multiple, too. Have you seen people that have two, three jobs? They don't usually make it. They don't become successful because they are working so hard. So not until you take a step back, and I'm going to break it down for you. Not until you take a step back and reflect on your journey and be like, wait a minute, you work 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Then you have another job from maybe 7 p.m. to midnight. And then you pick up Uber and DoorDash and Grub. Hmm. What time do you have to think? Hmm. If you cannot think, it's very difficult to become successful.
1: Wow, that's that's huge. That's that's like a a, a punch in the gut
0: right now. Because my mentor told me uh, a couple of years ago, he said, rich, successful, and wealthy people don't work. They think. And I was like, what do you mean they don't work? He said, because once you can think of ways to do things better and you spend your time on thinking, the hard work you need is like this. But the thinking you need is this much. Because in business, for example, to grow your business, imagine you are working hard, you are the sales rep, you are the marketer, you are the customer service. You are the one inspecting all the supplies. You are the one issuing all the invoice. You are the one uh, making sure it's profitable. You are a hard worker. You are very, very hard working, but will <laughs> you become successful and wealthy with that business? Will the business grow? Will you have branches? No, not like that. <laughs> Cause you are so stuck and you will be tired when you get home. So what people need to do. And I figured out when I got to America is like, Let me think and plan my life first before I start working, right? So once I got to America, just to quote it short, I went into, I wanted to be called engineer bio. That was my motive of going to engineering school. I went into petroleum engineering, but I already had this oil and gas experience in Nigeria. So I'm like, "Mm -hmm, engineer bio, oil and gas, petroleum. So what happened? I got in there with HCC. I got into Texas Tech. I got an admission but one thing i quickly figured out remember i didn't like math but now i've fallen in love with math i know math a lot i was doing all this you know crazy math stuff i love it but one thing i quickly realized was people did not talk to people people were always busy walking and solving and i'm a very communicative person i talk that's a natural gift of mine right so I'm like, we're we in the class. Nobody's talking to nobody. Everybody's quiet and everything is dull. And then there was a recession during that period when people in oil and gas were losing their jobs.
1: What year was this? Uh, that was in 2013, 14,
0: 2013, 2014.
1: Oh yeah, I remember.
0: If these brilliant engineers were losing their jobs and they couldn't get jobs, what about me? Who is coming up trying to... Stru- I said, nah, man, there's got to be something better. So I spoke to a couple of people, and they were like, why don't you become a doctor? I was like, oh, man, it's a, a long time <laughs> to be a doctor, about 10 years. I'm ready to start having And kids. you
1: already went to school in Nigeria, by the yes. way. I think you're going to start all over. Oh, come on. Yes.
0: I said, I don't want to be a doctor, man. I'm like, so uh, to call it short, I, get, I got into, uh, and I have a sister in pharmacy, my sister-in-law. I always see her. Pharmacy is kind of boring. We don't talk a lot. i was like, I'm to I talk. So I asked my sister in law. I'm like, man, do you like? She? Now she's she owned a pharmacy. I own pharmacy. She's doing very very well. I said, I'm trying to get in something that I can talk. If not a doctor, then maybe I'll become a PA or a nurse practitioner. So I said, okay, go. On. Let's become a nurse practitioner, right? So I went into nursing school, got my nursing degree, and then I became a nurse practitioner. A psychiatric nurse practitioner. So I'm still licensed right now as a psychiatric wow. practitioner.
1: So you became a nurse practitioner based on the advice, and you. It looks like in life for you, right from a young age, you've always been very aware of things, and you've always thought like like think for yourself and reevaluate. As you go, you're always reevaluating, just the same way you you wanted to do. I mean it's, it's all it's only natural that you did you have oil and gas experience, you go into petroleum engineering. It's only natural, but you didn't let that that some cost fallacy get you. You still reevaluate and go, you know what? Now that I'm doing it, I don't really think it's for me. You reevaluated and you change course. It looks like you've always
0: been God bless you for saying that. You, know, for, for, <laughs> like... you read me well. God bless you for saying that. <laughs> you think that's that, right. that's the case? Absolutely hundred percent correct. See, see, what I what I do in life is I think and reflect a lot. Uh, and my thought process goes this way. I seek advice from people. So if there's something that I'm planning to do, I'm very democratic, you know, in the way I think. Uh, I, I seek advice. Oh, 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 what do you think? What do you think about this? What do you think? What do you think? I ask a couple of people. Then based on what they tell me, I go back and I say, because when people give you an advice or they, you know, share things with you and stuff, they share from their own experience, right? But that's not your own life. Your life is in your hands. You have to plan your life based on what will work for you and your future. Like I have people working right now who are very sad and depressed with what they're doing. And I tell them, I have meetings with them all the time. I say, there is a solution. What do you like? What do you love? It might not happen tomorrow that you pivot from what you're doing right now to what you really love. Or if you identify what you really love and we create a pathway to accomplish it, you will get there. For example, in real estate, I'm just going to jump into that now that we're saying this. I bought a piece of land in Nigeria, right? For about 100,000 naira. I bought six, that's 600,000. A few years from there, when people came to me, they wanted to buy for like 6 million naira. I was like, that's crazy. I bought it for six six 600000 So I knew there was something about real estate. And the whole process of when we were looking for the land, negotiating, this, that, I loved the process. So that stayed with me, that one one time or the other, I would love to get in real estate. But I wasn't in a position to get in real estate yet. But I knew I was going to be happy when I get there. So what now happened as I was in trying to be an engineer, I wasn't happy there. I, I became a nurse practitioner. I was happy as a nurse practitioner, but there is another level that I was looking for, which is that fulfillment. Hmm. So I knew when I get into real estate, I will be fulfilled because I love the process back when I was looking for. So for every step in life, whatever situations you are in, I want people to believe and know that there's a different level of dimension away from that where you are right now. Where you are right now might be you are earning $10 an hour or $15 or $20. That's okay. This is your present reality. Even if you make $100 an hour and you are not happy, this is your present reality. Why don't you take a step back and create that fulfillment and happiness that you know that within the next couple of years, if you don't quit, you will get to that fulfillment and happiness. Because for me, that's the ultimate purpose of life. To work, be fulfilled, be happy so that you can fulfill purpose, so that you can, you can, you can live in your passion so that you can be happy eventually. So, but anyway, so you're very correct with what you said. Like every step in life, I've always looked for what will make me fulfilled and happy. And I just pivot slowly towards that.
1: I can I can actually testify to that because when I reached out to you on Instagram and I said, oh, can you send me your number? And you did send your number. You know how I, I've always been like um, back up in my phone. I saw a text from you in that, that I didn't know we've communicated before. I saw a text from you in twenty seven, fourteen. I don't know. Did you see the text?
0: Oh, no, I haven't. You didn't
1: say it. Okay, because maybe you didn't back up your phone. But I saw a text from you of you reaching out to me. Cold reach out. You said you knew you got... You heard about me from a friend of a friend. And you heard that I was in chemical engineering. And you wanted to know... You got admitted into Texas Tech for petroleum engineering. And you wanted to know what my experience was. And... Yeah. That shows like that shows like you that's just an example of you are what you say you are that's what you did because you already got into engine, but you still wanted to have an experience and then you reach out to some random girl and then i i i I was i i, I feel so embarrassed but i was like bashing the industry
0: <laughs> right
1: i was like i read i was like what did i say i was like it's hard it's this i mean my last year i think it's hard all my friends i think i was going through something i was like all my friends are numb they are no more in my class they've left school they're in pv don't do it i i felt so bad and then you're like oh i already got in i wanted to see if i should try university of houston because university of houston is more um prestigious and i was like oh wow and I, i i took back my words i was like you know what yes University of Houston is pre, um, prestigious um, maybe I shouldn't be bashing the school the industry and you're like no 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 it's fine thank you for the insight and when I read the message I was like is. And I looked at you, I was like, he's a realtor now, he's not a petroleum engineer. Is am I the reason? Did my bashing <laughs> cost this? But I'm glad to hear the real story that it wasn't my bashing, right? It wasn't my bashing that cost it, right?
0: No.
1: <laughs> you actually you actually did it and it, you weren't happy. But yeah, it just shows that everything you did, you you made sure every time you're like reflecting and reflect and that's a very good trait. I wish do you think someone someone can learn this? Do you think it's something that someone can learn? Yeah.
0: I think I learned it—the habit to become vulnerable, you know. Vulnerable, okay. Yeah, become vulnerable. It's very, very good. A lot of people see it as a uh, a weakness, but it's actually a strength, you know. And a lot of times, some people—they are all in their own thoughts and their own minds and their own feelings and their own emotions. Mm -hmm. No, you gotta talk to somebody. You gotta talk to somebody. You have to talk to somebody. So for me, I'm like, you were already a petroleum engineer, right? And I wanted to have a first-class insight into what you were going through, because from petroleum engineering to chemical, there's not a lot of difference, you know. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to just know. So I, I not only spoke to you, I spoke about to about five to seven guys or wow guys who were in petroleum engineering and chemical, and a lot
1: of them you did not know them personally, it was friends of friends, correct? Friends of friends.
0: I just kept asking. Yeah you were know
1: already destined to be successful it, it, it's, that trait of yours it is it's no brainer you someone will have to like cut your leg and cut your arms and
0: yeah. they will still not even stop you see people that ask questions they don't miss road yes people that ask, it was a yoruba proverb people that ask mm. questions don't miss road because if i was going to be a successful petroleum engineer i would still have leveraged people like you right and continue on that path But since I knew that, you know what, I wanted to exit and went into nursing, Uh, I started talking to nurse practitioners. There was a guy we used to play soccer together at a DIC, uh, Dominion International Church in Houston. You know, Me and the guy played soccer together. He was a nurse practitioner. I would talk to him about nurse practitioner every day after soccer. And I wasn't even in nursing school. I was still in engineering school then. So I just say that to say that people need to find... You need to you need to share what your dreams are for your future with other people, right? And I always encourage people to share with people that are, will be unbiased. You know how you can share with some family members or with some friends, and they give you negative advice and stuff. No, find people who like when you shared what you were going through with chemical engineering with me. You were unbiased. You didn't know me.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: You just. Told- and I didn't
1: even know. Yeah, I didn't even know you've entered, and I, so I was I was just blabbing.
0: <laughs> right, right. So it, it, it it's great to be able to be vulnerable enough to share what your plans are with other people, because one single piece of advice that somebody else can give you can transform your decision-making or can transform your life. So what if you don't share? That means you're not going to get the advice you need. So you shared with me a couple of other people shared with me and based on my experience too, that, Hey, engineering is very abstract. You understand it's like, a uh, ball is falling from the sky. What is the angle, the <laughs> perpendicular angle? I'm like, the ball should just fall, man. I don't want to do this. <laughs> you know, and you have to calculate the tension between the cord and the cable that I'm like, dude, you know. So, but anyway, so my experiences with, you know, you guys sharing your experiences with me kind of helped me to make a decision that I don't think I want this for my future.
1: So you, you asked all this advice. That's another skill that I think, I need to know if it's learned. Also, is the skill of taking all this advice and analyzing it and making a decision based on the data? Mm. How did you know? How did you, okay? Tell, walk us through. what through the, the petroleum engineering um, um, direction you went through. You got all this advice. What did? What was your conclusion? And why did you go into petroleum engineering after those advice?
0: Got it. So the, what I think about life is this. When you're making decisions about your future and your life, you have to be very selfish. This is my personal opinion.
1: I like that. And the
0: reason why I said that is, at the end of the day, this is your life. This is nobody else's life. This is your life. This is your future. This is your happiness. So if you make decisions based solely on what other people say and you don't end up being happy, you have only hurt yourself and not the other people so my decisions were because i wasn't married i didn't have any child so my decisions for me was i wanted to create the future another thing is this people need to get into reading self help books and listening to self help uh whether it's uh, you, um uh spotify or audio books and youtube and things like that because in some of the self help books i had read made me realize that I can create the life that I want. Are you getting me? I can create it. So it was left to me as a responsibility that although everybody gave me an advice, what do I really, really want for my life? So the decision of how my life was going to turn out was in my hands. So people listening right now, you have the power in your hands to change your life. And I know some people will say, oh, God will change it for me or my destiny will change. I understand all that because I'm very religious too and spiritual too, right? But God has already given you the power of free will. God has already given you the power. So don't wait for any, any mysterious something to come down from heaven to happen to you. No. So even though you will get advices from people, you will go on social media. You will see what people are doing, and what people are not doing. How does this align with your own goal for your future? Write down your future. I always write down. I just bought this remarkable I was sharing with you. It's like a notepad. I used to have notepads every beginning of the year. And I will write the things I plan to accomplish. This is not just like a a New Year resolution or things like that. No, no, no. These are my goals. I had a goal of becoming a speaker. I had a goal of becoming uh, an author. I had a goal of... Becoming a psychiatric nurse practitioner. I had the goal of becoming an engineer. I, like by the time I open the back of these books, I will see these goals there and I'll put like actionable steps to accomplishing them. Action items. Even though people will tell you stuff, even though you will have different opinions and advices and stuff, you have to be uh, intentional about the fact that you have the power to create your future. Whatever that future is, that's going to give you joy that's going to give you happiness, you have the power. If something is not serving you, even if you make, I had a girl, she's a doctor, right? I think she makes about three hundred dollars to $400,000, right? She wanted to be a realtor. That's what she wanted. Really wow. Did. Yes. And she said, she told her dad, like, I became a doctor for you. Here is the certificate. Wow. I want to be a realtor. That's because she loves sales. That's where she wants to get into. So she said, She's on the path to creating our own future. Look at uh, this uh, Nigerian artist, Faust the bad guy. He's a lawyer. He he gave his dad his law degree. Dad, thank you very much. Here is your law degree. I want to sing. I want to get into music. So people have the power to create the future that makes them happy, that makes their family happy, because the essence of life is to be joyful, not to be sad. I go into the hospitals and clinics and people are there just sad. On a Monday morning. On a Monday morning. Why are you looking so sad in the elevator on a Monday morning? You Everybody hates Mondays now.
1: Huh? <laughs> Everybody
0: hates Mondays.
1: Everybody hates Monday.
0: As an entrepreneur, <laughs> I cannot wait to wake up on a Monday morning.
1: Wow, that's the goal, man. That's a dream. That's the
0: difference. But it didn't come in one day, though. It was 10 years in the making. It was 8 years in the making. Overnight success is 10 years in the making. And that's what people need to know. It might not happen next year for you that you think, oh, I'm just going to get in this business or in this career. I'm going to bloom." No, give yourself time because experiences and knowledge and things you learn, it compounds in interest. It compounds over time. So even though you've done something that didn't work out, take the experience with you and take it on to the next thing. When it works out for you, people be like, oh, wow. Oh, that's an overnight success. No, this took me 10 years.
1: Do you have any recommendation for this? Like, what, do, what are your self... What would you advise someone starting that have never got into self-help books? What would be your first three books that you should go get?
0: Oh, three books for people to go get?
1: Yeah, that you would recommend.
0: Yes. So uh, one of the books that I read that really changed my life was Eat That Frog by Brian Tracy. Mm. Eat That Frog. And that book, it was very early in my life. I think I read it about 10, 15 years ago. It was talking about procrastination, how to defeat procrastination. Because one thing that I see that hold people back a lot is procrastination. They think, 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 and and don't do anything. And then next year comes and they think, 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 and don't do anything. So that book's really, it really helped break it down how you can stop procrastination. If you think of something and it's good for your future, do it. So that was a very powerful book. Uh, Second book I would say is "Um, Rich Dad, Poor Dad right? So Reach That Quarter it was a very powerful book in, in terms of changing our thinking dynamics regarding mm-hmm. our assets and liabilities because we used to think our house is an asset and this is an asset and that and well you kind of flip the paradigm in terms of no, what you thought was an asset is not an asset. Like you can open a small business and you do everything yourself and you say oh I'm a business owner. No you're not. You're an employee of your business because you are doing everything, you know? So you have to create, like, a big business, have a marketing team, sales, have people working for you, build teams. So you kind of shift the paradigm uh, in my head. So second book, the third book I would recommend is Atomic Habits. I thought Atomic Habits. Atomic Habits was uh, the number one book. I think the book that lasted the number one book, bestseller, the longest, in, in the whole of self-help book, I think it was Atomic Habits by, uh, what was this guy's name again? Um, I
1: think it's John Clare or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: John, yeah. James Clare or something like James
1: that. James Clare or something, yeah. yeah.
0: Atomic Habits. Because that book, uh, what it did was it, it, it simplified uh, how to build a successful life, how to build uh, a fulfilled life. It simplified and broke them down into the habits we do every single day. You know what I mean? Like people think yeah. of like, Oh, I'm broke, right? Or I don't have money to feed my family or to take care of myself or my job. I'm only making maybe $10 an hour. That didn't happen today. You know what I mean? That happened based on the consistent habits that got you here over years. And to change that, if you get into better habits, then you can start building those better habits every single day. And by the time a year, two years, three years come, you're like, wow my life has changed based on my habits. So those three books.
1: Let, I know you got to go soon, but let me just add a fourth book, Lessons from My Dad, oh. by some guy named Adebayo <laughs> <laughs> Adebowale. Yeah. Absolutely. You want to tell us tell us more about that book? Yeah,
0: absolutely. Absolutely. Lessons from My Dad. I, I wrote that book, man. Uh, yeah. that It's was, always that been a dream to be an author. So when the opportunity presents, my wife was like, why don't you write it about your dad? I'm like, Okay, let's do it. Because I was going to write it. uh, It was was always going to be about success or real estate, you know. But, uh, yeah, it was great. So I I look at my life right now and I reflect on the things I do and how I do them and, you know, the values that I cherish. And I kind of think, where did I get this from, right? Like, for example, integrity. Integrity is is core to my being. Like, it's key to who I am. Having a being a person of integrity that somebody can trust, right? Because my father exemplifies that. So I kind of think back now, like, mm. Allahji always said this. My father was a Muslim. Allahji always said this. Allahji always said this. always said this. That even if you are broke, be a person of integrity. Wealth will fall. Fo- well, even people that don't have integrity, they want to give money to people that have integrity. You know what I mean? So, in business because he had integrity he transformed his life so but that's it that's in the book the story is powerful so i kind of reflect on my journey i say the life i live now was because my father is dead too my father died in 2006 right so i kind of think let me use this book to kind of commemorate his legacy his memory and uh, i wrote that book lessons from my dad i spoke about a lot of uh, six principles Building a successful life, and uh, I think everybody should get it.
1: One of my favorite quotes in the book, and you're gonna, oh, tell really? me if it's a yeah, I finished it already. One wow. of my favorite book <laughs> in, in the book, I, I'm about to interview you. The, the least I can do is finish your book. <laughs> so, one of my favorite quote in the book is, and you get, you need to tell me, is this an original quote? And tell me why is if a man's wife does not trust him it is not safe to do business transaction with such a man mm. i i don't know why it resonates with me but why is this an original quote and even if it's if it is like why why can you expand on that why did you say that and tell, can we dip deeper on why you said those words absolutely
0: absolutely and i'll give you more time the, the alarm that sounded was uh... Usually my 12 o'clock alarm. Every oh, day.
1: It's, okay, okay, okay. I was about to run. I was like, this is already getting too sweet to control. I was really powerful.
0: Really so the reason why I said that is this. A man's wife knows him more than anybody else. They know the good, the bad, the ugly, the values, and everything the, man's, the man carries, right? So imagine one of the worst things that can happen to a person is that you call your family or your wife and say, I'm in Houston. And she said, no, he's not. He's in Dallas. Like that person is gone. Like, don't forget. (laughs) I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm big on trust. I'm big on trust. Because if I can't trust you with simple things, how can I trust you with big things? Like, it's not good. Like, how? Just make it make sense for me. So I kind of thought about the wife being the person that knows you the most. And if they cannot vouch for you, like people go into relationships and it's a our relationship because you need to watch how this person treats other people in, in his life or our life. If a, his wife is having a problem trusting him, how can I as a business partner trust you with my money? Are you getting what I'm saying? And it goes back to yeah. what I said with my friend initially that money reveals people's character. So at home... Love is already revealing this guy's character that you can't trust him.
1: Hmm. Wow, that's that's profound.
0: So you shouldn't even think all day. So you want to do business with somebody, check him at home, right? How is he being perceived at home or within his family, right? If there is always talk about, oh, this happened, that happened, then why do you want to put your money? Like, I'll tell you a quick story. A guy called me, he just sent me money, a lot of money. He said he wanted to invest with me too. I was like, why? He said, I've been watching you for years and I see the way you move. But what am I trying to say is when you have integrity and people can trust you, you don't even know where your blessings is coming from. Hmm. You can't predict where your blessings is coming from. Remember, God has abundance of resources and God is looking for good stewards. People that God knows that, hey, this my son or my daughter is displaced trying to build a real estate empire or try to build an e-commerce business go there and partner with them. God will send people to you to partner with you because God knows that he can trust you with your with the resources that you have. So that was why I put that quote. There was an original quote that before you do businesses with people and trust people, watch their family, watch their background. Are they people of integrity? Are they people that, you know, you can trust? If not, there's no essence. Just don't waste your time. So yeah.
1: I could tell that Integrity was a big deal to you because of the book, right? You yeah. spend so much time on Integrity. And I know the chapter, I like how you started the chapter with the story about that golfer right? who made a foul Bobby. and still reported himself mm-hmm. and lost due to the foul. Like that, that is amazing. Like someone yeah. like that's, that, that kind of like started the story in the chapter, like, wow, That's how much, that's the level of integrity we need to attain. And then you went down to talk about your dad. The backstory is, for people listening, is um, buyer's dad was getting money from, getting um, goods from a supplier. And then um, when you get the goods on credit from the supplier, he goes to sell them and then brings the money, um, the the cost of the goods back to the supplier. Now, a lot of the other competitors and colleagues are doing that, but what they would do is they would go back and let me know if I'm saying this correctly. They would go and get the the goods on credit and sell it but come back and lie to the supplier that they never sold it. Yeah, the buyer's... Exactly. They keep on using the money but buyer's dad came back with the fee um, with the with the cost of the goods and the supplier was like, I thought nobody's selling. I thought everybody like the, the business is not going well and I was like, no, we're selling. The supplier found out that the they actually are selling and Bayers dad was the only one that was being honest. So he cut everybody out and Bayers dad was the sole you know supplier and became like a monopoly and that was where the business took off yes. literally directly from integrity that's a very very beautiful story and i'm so 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 glad you wrote this book because imagine imagine if you hadn't written the book i wouldn't have read this i wouldn't have learned from this story and the world wouldn't have understood and gone inside of your head a little bit and everything and 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 in the beginning of this podcast you're talking about i'll just do it do it because It's kind of like we owe it to the world, like the purpose, the whole thing about purpose is. So when I was reading the book, I was like, imagine if you hadn't written this book. Imagine if you haven't taken the bold step to write this book. I wouldn't have learned all this. Imagine if you just gone by your day and kept all these beautiful stories about your dad and lessons about your dad and not share it out to the world. You've pretty much robbed us of a good thing, you know. So and I'm really, really glad that we, you actually did this and wrote this book. And please, waiting for the next one. We're like literally sitting down, waiting for the next one because you have a lot of knowledge, and it's very, it's very easy and complacent to see you on social media talking about real estate and this and that because that's what you do. But not know that there's a lot of knowledge behind beyond real estate that you have so uh i'm really glad that we had this and this is why i I did this podcast so that i can i can talk to interesting people i would have never known this we probably would have never probably sitting in a party and just say hey and move on i like having this conversation and that's one thing i I love about this podcast that we are um uh, we are having to have this kind of deep deep meaningful conversation so thank you thank you so much is there any one last advice you give um, Your audience, the audience, yeah, one thing you want to take from thank here. Thank you so
0: much, Allah. Thank you for diving deep into the book. Thank you for the <laughs> words. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Because when I wrote that book, it was, uh, number one, it was out of pain that my dad is no longer here to see how all the children I mean, all the children are very successful. My sisters, my brother, even our last one is a doctor. You know, she wants to be a surgeon. She's she's so. It just hurts that he's not here to enjoy the fruits of his labor, right? So I wanted to use that book as his legacy that, hey, we are here for you. And so thank you. Thank you for taking time. So one of the things that I wanted to share with your audience is, uh, and there's a couple of things. And number one is the fact that you have to put God first in everything you do. Okay. Because at the root of having integrity and being a person that people can trust is having the fear of God that's the anchor that's the foundation so it doesn't matter whether you're a Muslim whether you're a Christian you know just having that fear of God with the fact that if you do something even if other people don't see you God sees you right that's your anchor to guide your heart to do the right things and number two is the fact that you have the power to create the life that you want and one thing that's very sad with what I see in the, in America is that people have been conditioned to live the life that they, they are given in terms of, oh, I went to school for this and this is what I'm doing. Oh, I'm in this business and this is what I'm doing. Oh, this is my husband or my wife. This is the way we are. We can't. No, 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 no. Scratch all that crap. You need to sit down with God, okay? Not with people, not with your family or your friends or telling everybody your problems. People tell everybody else their problems without telling God. Hmm. And I believe God is the number one person that you have to talk to about what you are going through. Because wisdom will come from when you talk to God. That's how you get wisdom. So you can plan your life. Don't be afraid to do something and not succeed in it. Don't be afraid. A lot of people are too scared to try stuff. Why? The only thing positive that can happen when you fail is the experience. Not the only thing positive. I mean, the greatest uh, uh, thing that can happen is that you fail and you have the experience. Remember, like, I have several experiences and stories of different failures in my life that things didn't work out. Imagine you telling everybody you know that, hey, I'm leaving engineering school. They'd be like, are you crazy?
1: I know. (laughs) You're leaving engineering You you got into engineering and now you want to leave?
0: Engineering now you're leaving? But I knew that the power to create my future was in my hands. And it wasn't in the hands of those other people. Imagine when I was living nurse practitioner. I love being a nurse practitioner. It's a fulfilling field taking care of people in psychiatry with depression, anxiety, bipolar, and all these things. I love it because I love medicine. I know medicine a lot. Imagine when I would be like, are you, even when I resigned, they said, nobody has ever resigned. Wow. Yes. They told me, they said, nobody. <laughs> How will you resign? Psychiatric mental health nurse practitioner is an amazing field. You I think know.
1: it's the hardest to get into also, right?
0: It's awesome. It's an awesome field and the benefits and everything are did. But I resigned because I was working. I loved the job, but I was working long hours. I would leave my house at 8 a.m. in the morning, get to the clinic at nine a.m. in the morning, And I won't leave the clinic on the 6 or 6.30 p.m. every day, Monday to Friday. So before I get home, my kids are almost sleeping. And my wife is laying down there. She's been tired all day. How many years can I continue this? Is this the kind of life? I wanted to live a life of freedom and financial freedom and wealth and well-being. Will this lead me there? I didn't think so. You understand what I'm saying? So I wasn't afraid to do something else. So I started real estate part-time while I had a full-time nurse practitioner job. So you can keep your nine to five job full-time or then start something on the side that you know is probably going to lead you to that freedom that you crave, right? And just build it up slowly, build it up slowly. As you build your part-time up, then you can lower what you do on your full-time and let God give you wisdom on how to balance it. So anyway, so those are the two things. Don't be afraid to try something different. Don't be afraid to fail. Please push yourself. Try something new. Try something different. And very importantly, put God first in everything.
1: Where can people find you if they want to learn more about you?
0: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. First of all, shout out my book, Lessons from My Dad by Bayad Ali. You can get that on Amazon. Please check it out. Get it. Uh, you're going to learn a lot from it. And you can find me on Instagram. I'm very active on Instagram your Adiba Wali, you know, that's the best way people can connect with me.
1: All right. Thank you so much, Bayo. This was fun. This was way more than I expected. I appreciate all the knowledge.
0: Hey, thank you.